Welcome to the Women on Fire podcast. We're on a mission to help you have your best menopause and rest of your life. I'm your host, Jenna Moore. I'm an accredited integrative health and menopause coach, and I've studied nutritional awareness, women's hormones through a functional medicine lens, and explored various modalities, including breathwork, mindset, and positive psychology. Join me and my guests as we discuss how to navigate the natural life transition of menopause and growing older. From waistlines, waning libidos and what to wear now we're over 40, we discuss it all. Women on Fire is sponsored by Men Me, a New Zealand-based Australasian company by women for women. Men Me specialises in scientifically validated all-natural supplements so you can experience freedom in menopause. Something I hear many times per day from women in perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause is that they put on weight, particularly around the belly, and no matter what they do, they can't seem to shift it. And if that's you, I hear you. It happens. It really does. In fact, the Australasian Menopause Society says you can expect to put on around two to kilograms on average. And what also happens is that body fat distribution changes through evolution because the shifts in estrogen move weight from the hips and thighs more to the abdomen area. But like with many things, menopause, weight gain may not be attributable to your sex hormones alone, although research shows that it is definitely linked to belly fat. And this is something to be conscious of because this is visceral fat, which lies deeper than subcutaneous fat. Subcutaneous fat is the uh, fat that you can see that's kind of visible just under the skin. Visceral fat lies much deeper in the abdomen and it sits near the organs and puts those with higher amounts um, of visceral fat at risk of type 2 diabetes, heart disease and stroke. I don't tell you that to scare you, it's just so that you're aware of that. This whole weight gain thing is complicated, but insulin, cortisol, thyroid, leptin resistant, and the microbiome in the gut, they all play a role as well. I'll link you to some more info on this in the show notes. The other thing that does is sleep. If you're not sleeping, and so many of us have issues with it, it will impact ghrelin and leptin hormones and trigger cravings. Ghrelin is the hormone that makes you hungry. Leptin is the satiety hormone. It's the one that tells you that you've had enough food and you can stop now. But if we become resistant to this, that can be involved in thyroid issues, which can lead to weight gain. It's a very complicated soup. The other factor that comes into play is growing older. The body slows as we light more candles on our hopefully gluten-free birthday cake. And with it, our resting metabolic rate, which is the rate of energy we burn when we're at rest or just sitting or reading. Plus, we lose muscle mass from around the age of 40. This is known as sarcopenia. In fact, we lose muscle mass very rapidly in those first five years post-menopause. So as muscle mass decreases, fat increases. So the fat to muscle ratio impacts our metabolism. So it's all connected. And when that happens, hey presto, weight gain. Then when food comes into it, of course food comes into it. Obviously you cannot lie around 
eating junk and not exercising, that will put on weight. I think we all know that though, don't we? Uh, what we may not know is that you just can't eat processed foods, refined carbohydrates and added sugars like you once did. Um, your body just doesn't process it very well. And what also happens at this time is estrogen decreases, so we naturally become more prone to insulin resistance and elevated blood sugar rather than being insulin sensitive. So this contributes to fat storage. Insulin's job is to take the fuel from food, the food we eat to the cells to be converted to energy. When we become insulin resistant, the cells don't let the insulin in, so it recirculates and it's basically stored as fat. It's the fat storage hormone. Those types of foods that I just mentioned, like processed foods, refined carbohydrates and added sugars, actually magnify what's happening there. Uh, so I'll give you some food tips in a second, but two fabulous tips I can share with you right now are that regular strength training exercise and going for a walk for 10 minutes after you eat can help you become more insulin sensitive and help to keep your blood sugar balanced. In addition, another thing that can happen is the thyroid can slow or become underactive, known as hypoactive thyroid in menopause, starting as you enter into perimenopause. In fact, there's a term now called thyropause, and it can cause a sluggish metabolism and weight gain. Many of the other symptoms associated with hypoactive thyroid are also similar to perimenopause. So is it peri or is it thyroid or is it both? It's a good idea to have a full panel thyroid test. Full panel is important because unfortunately standard tests only measure TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. But you need free T3, free T4, reverse T3 and antibodies to get the full picture. Uh, you will probably have to pay a little bit extra for the extra test, but it will be worth it. T4 converts into T3, which is behind lots of good things like metabolism. But sometimes it can convert into reverse T T3, which is not ideal, or you may have thyroid antibodies which need further investigation. The thyroid thrives on progesterone, so as it lowers, hello, thyroid pause. It also likes iodine, zinc, iron and selenium. Eat a couple of Brazil nuts daily to help with this. So there can be several issues why you may put on weight at menopause. Often I hear from women who start to eat less and exercise more, which can be counterproductive. Restricting calories is never going to overcome any of the biological issues that may be going on. So really you need to see what is happening. There is quite a bit you can do. You can stop dieting and focusing on healthifying, I just made up that word, but that naturally makes you uh, seek the healthier foods and uh, avoid the processed foods and the sugars and things because most of us know that eating a bar of chocolate is not going to do our waistlines any favours, right? But they certainly don't help our insulin either. And to reiterate, avoid those foods. Add in, um, I'm not talking about vegetable carbohydrates there, but the white breads and the pastas and the crisps and the added sugars and cakes, lollies and ice creams. If you get sugar or carb cravings, have a piece of fruit with protein, say a peach with cottage cheese, 
or an apple with a few almonds. Add lots more vegetables to your day, five to seven servings or ten if you can manage it. These are full of fibre, which your digestive system loves, but they're also full of nutrients and your body thrives on them. In my experience, it also helps to regulate weight and alters your set point or the weight your body naturally gravitates to. Add to them your vegetables, a fist-sized portion of lean protein every time you eat, along with a portion of good fat. This could look like spinach and capsicum omelette with avocado on top, a piece of fish with broccoli, carrots and sweet potato, or loaded sweet potato with chickpeas and bok choy. If you don't already, it's a great idea to have a savoury meal as your first eat of the day. They tend to be more satisfying for longer. A smoothie is a great option for getting in lots of vegetables because you can whiz them up. Especially if you don't like vegetables, you can sweeten them with berries or bananas. Another great idea is to remove added sugar and flour for say 21 days. That will automatically get you focusing more on whole foods. If you don't already move in a way that works well for you. And one of my prize tips is to close the kitchen three to four hours before bed. You become more insulin resistant at night and it also means the body isn't working on digestion when it should be resting and repairing and sleeping. Look, there's so much more to this. This is just an overview. So if you have specific questions, please don't hesitate to send them my way. All the contact details are in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women on Fire. If you love what we share, please subscribe and give us a rating and or a review. In addition, visit the Men Me YouTube channel where you can subscribe and watch all of the interviews. That's the best way to support this podcast so we can continue to bring it to you. Thank you for your interest in midlife, menopause and women on fire. Fire.